It's just cadals. Piru pipu. Piru papiri pop. Piru pipiru pop. Bibi boop. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Witty Banter, episode number 152. This is going to be a weird one, so bear with me because I've been abandoned by all the other Witty Banter hosts, and I said, fuck that. I'm not about to not record an episode this week. So I put out basically a bat signal, and within two days, some rambunctious punks from OK Beast answered the call. So first, I'm going to introduce the biggest bong ripper in Boulder, Alex Van Hey, 420, get high. You know? <laughs> That's what I say. Next, we have the man from Japan. It's Ian Prashel. Ohio gozaimasu. I also smoke weed. <laughs> Yo, you look and then lastly, right rounding it out, making witty banter officially an international podcast, we have the man that everyone's eyes, they just get lost right in. It's Nato Johnson. How you doing, dude? Good day all. If my job allowed me, I'd smoke that weed too. <laughs> See, all right, smoke well. that weed. <laughs> Which weed? Why do you use the good good stuff? That good, that that Donham. Nato sounds like a guy who smokes a lot of weed and tries to hide it. Witty Banter usually reviews beer on the show, and it's just too much of a hassle to do like four people and do reviews all at once, late notice. But you guys might have me trying out just. With the pot momentum we have right now, it's yeah. just rocketing that way. So Today we're uh, I'm reviewing. I'll be reviewing uh, Purple Haze. <laughs> Let's go, Alex. <laughs> That's one of the only really weed strand nugs. I know. That's it. That's I'm, I'm, weed I'm strands. Doing, I'm doing the Pineapple Express. That's what I'm doing this episode. Oh, Pineapple Express. All right, weed strands. Can't you just like string a bunch of words together, and as long as it ends with something that's edible, it's yeah, they're okay? basically like two word haikus, and if you can get a good one, you're gonna make a lot of money. Yeah. Pretty much. Right, but seriously, can I, I tell you? I was about thank- to say the Dark Knight. I was like, "You ever smoked that Dark Knight?" And then I was like, "Wait a minute, that's Batman." <laughs> Whoops. Thank you guys for joining me on such a short notice. For real, um, it's really cool to have OK Beast on within this sort of capacity. Three people, and you know, I haven't done really much on the internet this year. So if I can just hang out in y'all's orbit until like the end, then it'll Sounds be a good, good 2018. So thanks for coming in. Thanks for having us. Chase Williams, the internet academic. You don't need to put out a lot. You're about that quality. Yeah. I've got f- I've got a 450 word total out there right now in 2018. Dang. And I can't I can't think I'm like I can't write anything else. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I've got nothing. Um, Nato, you said you had something you want to bring up, man. It sounded like you uh, had a little bone to pick with maybe Witty Bander for a second. Oh, and, so. and OK Beast as well. I, there, there was There was a little tournament a, a while back with uh, a bit of a Dragon Ball Z and OK, OK Beast lost because, you Why? know what, they, they didn't bring in the best... Dragon Ball Z fighter, number one. Is that you, Nato? Number one in Australia, I'd just like to say. Nato, I've never heard you talk about this game. Nato, name one fighting game button. High kick. (laughs) Triangle. Actually, high kick. Yeah, I'm sure that's somewhere. Yeah. No, it's got to be. High kick? (laughs) Maybe in like Virtual Fighter, it's called high kick. I've I've never heard it called that. It's in Pokemon, high kick. Nato's about as familiar with fighting games as he is with weed. Yeah. But anyways, Nato, I'm sorry. I'm Dang, sorry we didn't bring you into out. the. To no, that's the all right. You deserve the tournament. you deserve the L after not bringing me on the team. That's what I mean. I'm, I'm just say. saying, there there was a rumor going around that Witty Banter their goal was to not lose a round, 
And hey, uh, I, don't, I, I, I think placed they that squarely that. on Max, <laughs> which I thought was hysterical because he was so confident that that would be the case. I'm like, we are literally about to put six people into a single online lobby on a fighting game. <laughs> and you think you're just going to roll up and just wreck shop like you normally do? There's going to nah. be some shenanigans going on there. Uh, so, I, so I was preparing for that. I actually like booted the game up a few days before in practice a few heroes. I didn't realize that we were only playing one character each. Right. Yeah. So I was like, okay, let me like split my time b- between these three heroes instead of focusing on one. But next I time, love, Extra I love, Life, I the rematch. One. Yeah, dude, we'll rematch you guys literally anytime you want. Yeah, that was a um, lot of fun. I love that you call them heroes. That's hilarious. Yeah, I was but like, are, are we talking about League of Legends right now? Did what I call we, them heroes? You yeah, you call them heroes. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, they're pretty heroic. I think it would be they're stupid my for heroes. Them not to be called heroes. Yeah. <laughs> they're your, your hero academies? Oh, no. Okay. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Dude, okay. Let's see. I'm trying to figure out if we should just roll right into to the news because it, it's going to be a weird... I haven't done a four-man show uh, in a long time. I've never done a four-man show on web call. And I'm sure you guys do that all the time because you guys are like internet like kings of the internet basically i refuse to be in the same room with blessing ever since the restraining order so we have to do it online (laughs) yeah so we get around it he won't just rescind the the restraining order (laughs) yeah he says i want it in place but i will talk to you it's a physical thing when we were in person Ian has to go to another room and skype him Trying to get everybody else to go in his room yeah guys like what's the deal i'm gonna pick one here all right well let's let's seriously jump into it this is witty banter I love see what I what I was gonna love about beeps this week was however awkward and cool they end up being. Hunter's gotta edit them all. This <laughs> all right, look. So typically on Witty Banter, when the show was molded in its cast, you know, in fucking the depths of Mordor, mm-hmm. the form was we would do news articles at the top. Yeah. And I've got a small collection of news articles for you guys. Okay. And we're just gonna roll through them in Witty Banter fashion. And the first one uh, comes from The Verge. And I'm sure you guys saw this headline because I saw the headline too. And I watched the demo of this, but. Google unveiled a demo of an assistant that, like an AI assistant that was making actual phone calls and talking to actual people. What? Did you guys see this? No. Yeah, I did. I did see it. All right. I'm going to read just like the top paragraph to get the audience like keyed in in case they haven't seen it. But it reads, on stage at IO 2018, Google showed off a jaw-dropping new capability of Google Assistant. In the not-too-distant future, it's going to make phone calls on your behalf. CEO Sundar Pichai played back a phone call recording that he said was placed by the assistant to a hair salon. The voice sounded incredibly natural. The person on the other end had no idea they were talking to a digital AI helper. And Google Assistant even dropped in a super casual "Mm mm-hmm early in conversation. So what they're saying here is not only did like the, the, the AI was using sort of idiosyncrasies in speech to sell the fact that it was a person and they say the ceo of google is saying very plainly that yes we know that they know it wasn't ai wow i want to talk to you guys about how that makes you feel because my first gut reaction was a mixture of, of a little bit of fear just in the fact that we are like watching technology move we're watching it move in this direction and then i also want to know like is this lying to people like is this dishonest what they're doing? Huh. I didn't think of it in that 
aspect. I didn't I didn't think of it as a form of dishonesty, but I like the more you think about it, yeah, like the person on the other end doesn't know whether or not they're speaking to an AI mm-hmm. or otherwise, right? But is it in my head this kind of like or when I first saw this, I thought of it as like a controlled soundboard. Like I don't know if you guys ever did this in middle school where like you or oh, like yeah. early high school days Frank you'd have a bacon soundboard of, double like, cheeseburger. Yeah, that's like how, you, that's how we all got uh, introduced to tenacious. The ja- yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, like the one that I'm thinking about is like you would pull up like Arnold Schwarzenegger, oh, yeah. like um, soundboard, and you'd be like, you would like call your mom at work or whatever. You'd be like, <laughs> it's a tumor. It's, it's like, a tumor. What? Mr. <laughs> <What? laughs> Schwarzenegger. Oh my god. Um, that's kind of just like how I felt about it. I never really thought of it as like if I was the service person on the other end, right? How I would feel. That'd be a little like, violating. Oh, I feel like, well, that's if they figure it out, right? Yeah, like, yeah. That's that's the whole. But we um, know. But that's the thing, thing is they made it public in their announcement that this will be happening. So yeah. we know yeah. it's going. It's going to happen, and it, it will be happening once it's out there. Yeah, it's very I, like, creepy. I, yeah, I, I imagine like maybe like if it if it becomes popular enough, right? Like, and the technology is there, like you wouldn't be able to realize between a and b unless the person on the other end of the phone starts asking really personal questions that's what i was also wondering is is this going to cause this weird cultural like almost fun backlash where people are trying to fucking they don't trust if who they're talking to is an actual person they start asking weird ass questions and it's like very much like an identity check god it just sounds so dystopian it does it's i don't know like i i also think our culture has a huge problem with communication in general like you talk to anybody, like everyone hates getting a phone call. They and, don't want to make a phone call. Yeah. yeah. And this I was kind gonna, of, I was going to say that, that like, yeah. as like being a, like a, a manager and a privileged person that hasn't got an assistant anymore. I hate making goddamn phone calls at work to like book and book a third party or something. It's like, it's such a robotic call anyway. I would love yeah. to outsource it to these. Like, I hate being on the positive side, but I would love this service 100% because I so hate making see them calls. Yeah, because you so you do see it as like a, an efficiency. Yeah, because um, it is such a robotic call of like I've got to ring a person to book B thing to get C thing at this time, and I just if I could input all those into a th- into a program and they make that call, even if they're calling another robot and booking it all for us, cool, done. Yeah, I don't fuck, I don't want to have to do it. That's also a, weird, a kind of weird, like a, a place that's natural to take it is when when do these AIs start calling each other and scheduling shit? Fuck that! It's <laughs> so dystopian. Like, what do you? It seems like this this hair salon call is very static, though. It's like okay, there's only a few questions they're probably going to ask you. They're going to ask you, yeah, uh, what week, what day, what time, and they'll probably confirm at the end of the call. So that's like, and there's obviously more variables than that, but that's like the robot only has like a few things that it needs to worry about. I'm curious if as we start to push this or as Google starts to push this, what if the robot like just doesn't get what's going on and then it just like messes stuff up? Like let's, yeah, I don't know if it it could certainly turn out to be like another instance of kind of just like spam phone calls. Like we already do get phone calls from robots and like from recording. Sure. Yeah. We just know what they are. And like, there are those phone calls that try to trick you into thinking that it's a person to get you to listen um, and maybe like they roll it out and it kind of sucks and they just take a big PR hit because they, uh, clog our phones with more, um, junk with, with more spam. But like a couple things there is like the fact that we're even speaking in Google in such scope and scale that 
we think it possible they could literally clog up the airwaves with their their ideas and their their execution is like is crazy to me that yeah. they're, that they're that big. And Says a lot. NATO, like going back to what you were saying about the efficiency of it is like, yeah, I didn't even think about like, what if they start outsourcing this to customer service agencies and stuff? And you start having these like basically instead of a instead of a building out there that's just got floors and floors of people making calls, it's just a fucking server farm that's running AI. And, and there's two things there. Like customer service is expensive as shit for a business to maintain, but it's absolutely necessary. But, um, it's like, I don't know if it could be taken care of with these fake phone calls, then it, it seems like it's good, but it just keeps coming back to me, coming back to the lying and like a a sense of lying and dishonesty for me. And like, we can kind of end the conversation there, but that I just can't, I can't, that was the, the biggest thing in my mind and it's still there. And like, I just don't know, like, if you guys, if, if other people feel the same way, you know, or if this is something that like is a white lie that people will just be able to, we can like move past and like morally justify. And, and then it's weird to be talking about the morality of lying yeah. because of a fucking app on Google. <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> couldn't they just say, couldn't there just be a prompt? Like if somebody was suspicious, like, Hey, are you a robot? And then like the robot has to say yes or no. What or is, yes. what is the, no, uh, the, uh, well, two things. That's like, you're a cop, right? You have to tell me if you're a cop. Well, I mean, <laughs> rule. Yeah, but I mean, if I was Google and I want people to embrace this, there needs to be trust. And it's like, if somebody is feeling weirded out, like they can, I don't know. Yeah, What's no, the test I, I in uh, Blade Runner or whatever? That's ex- uh, I've been thinking Blade Runner this whole time, dude. Exactly, because yeah. it's dystopian, like you hear some, dude. You hear someone on the other end of the phone, you're like, uh, <laughs> your father enters the room. What do you right. do? <laughs> The AI is like, um, um, I have <laughs> a cigarette no out on a you mouse, and it's AI. like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it I don't is, know. it yeah. is that next level up though, from like, because now, like, you have like the the spam bots on text now, where you just like sometimes you're just like, because like now I'm I'm recently single, so I've recently started using Tinder for like the first time ever. I've been and, putting like, my phone number in dirty places and things <laughs> like that. Well, no, like a- anytime I match with somebody, I have that. Th- like instant thought of like, is I this don't a know robot? It, yeah, I don't know if it's a robot, and like, and you, <laughs> like I don't want to creep them out by going, "Hey, don't know if you're a robot. I don't know how to test this and stuff like that." Where like, now, <laughs> that's some like, self confidence right there. Only a robot would be interested in me. Well, no, no, it's just, it's just because like that's how well done they are these days. These like no, yeah, spam bots that like yeah. you can't tell. So like. If we start moving it to voice, where voice is nearly like, oh, you always know you're talking to another person because it's voice. But <laughs> if this if this thing comes in now, that you're just like, how do I know if you're a spam bot if you're talking to me? So okay. I, I also okay. do that. See that other side that you just yeah. hear me Ooh. out. Hear me out. Oh god, yeah. I'm whenever technology, whenever technology is progressed, it automatically gets used for porn. Yeah. Right. That's the natural progression. It goes. I was thinking like crisis hotlines. No, okay. No, ready? Ready here. Think about it, Nato, because I think you have the same thought as I do. Recently, there was a big scandal on Reddit about um, like taking famous people's faces and then using AI Mm, uh, face capture to remove porn stars, actor, porn star actors and actresses' faces and then put people's faces onto it. Yeah. I forget the exact name. You're saying what if we had their voices too? 
Yeah. No, no, no. I'm, no, I'm, I'm taking that, that one step further. I'm taking one step, one step further. You take that image capturing software. You combine that with the AI, AI that can produce real life and conversations. And then we breed robots. Combi- combine that with... <laughs> we just make com- them no. bang. Combi- combine that with VR. Combine that with VR. Wow. Then you have a... You have Ooh. a piece... A oh, piecemealed... A piecemealed, customized sexual experience that can be automatically right. tailored to whatever you want. Now yep. I understand the vision of OKB's future. <laughs> I'm trying to be all clicking into place. We're I'm trying to be Google the porny tonight. I'm trying to be the porny tonight. Steve Jobs. That, I'm trying to be Steve Blowjobs. Like That's going to be my porn. Gets no. by porn. Like any <laughs> good technology gets embraced by porn. And if it doesn't get embraced by porn, it dies off. What about uh, rocket science? Did porn embrace that? Like, is rocket yep. science taking us what to the do you moon? Think yep, of, they've they've what do you, filmed pornos. How do you think they the got moon. the shape of a rocket? <laughs> <laughs> that is true, but no, like, oh, man. I, like I, that was half joking. But imagine like an AI that could do sex worker calls. Yeah. Then someone could just build the best bot and make a ton of money. We are moving on to the next story. <laughs> Hold on. This one, 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 one phrase before we move on. Just draw me back in, huh? Sex robot battle arena. <laughs> <laughs> the show. A hundred, a hundred <laughs> sex robots. A hundred sex robots fall on Answer. an island. <laughs> okay. All right. Take us out of here. All right, man. So uh, we're still in the mood of talking about future shit. Yeah. This one is a little bit smaller in scope, but I think pretty exciting based on how I uh, view the future of driving. And it's another, the headline reads, Drive.ai will launch an autonomous ride hailing service in Texas. So this uh, article, I'll read the first paragraph. California-based Drive.ai is set to launch a self-driving ride-share service in a Texas city this summer to test how well the vehicles work with traffic as well as how the public reacts to them. In its announcement on Monday, Drive.ai said it will offer rides to over 10,000 people in level four self-driving vehicles within a geo-fenced area that includes retail, entertainment, and office spaces as a part of a six-month pilot program. Uh, just, I want to get your guys' general thoughts on this. I, I, Woody Banter talks about autonomous driving quite often, and yeah. we often what we keep looking for as a near, like a near-term future thing is autonomous uh, Uber, basically. And this is kind of what yeah. that seems to be. I'm always going to be the guy who's scared of the robots um, until you're fucking them. <laughs> I've seen Alex. too many movies. <laughs> Alex, I am halting robots. progress. I know, but it's I. I don't trust Uber drivers in general. So, I I, I think Google or, or Drive.ai or, or whatever it is, I think their biggest hurdle is going to be communicating safety to people. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's immediately what I think of. Like, what if there's a glitch and we're going. 50 miles an hour on like a little highway and then we crash. Like, you know, those are always going to be in my mind. And while the robot has way more control, most likely than a human driver, I'm still going to have that irrational fear. See, I probably even, until I experience it. I have it the right. opposite way where like, like automated drivers can be as good as they want. But like, as long as you have a human driver on the, on, on the roads, the, the, you can never predict what a human driver would do. And yeah, I just sure. don't think they yeah. could ever get to a point where they could predict what a human will do on would, the road. Because would you accept, like, that, that like, problem, would you accept an all uh, autonomous driving like thoroughfare? Yeah. God, if if that if yeah if that's what yes. happens, like it, it's a shitty movie, but like iRobot style, where like everything on the road is automated. 
Like you don't. Right. Nobody drives. That, I'd be down with that. Yeah, that's awesome. I'd love that. But see, no, I think this yeah. is the first step to get to get there. Yeah. Yeah. I think they've been talking about this for a long time, though, right? Because I remember there was talks about like separate, like car-specific companies. Hello. <laughs> the robots are coming. They I know too much. I have to Seven Eleven right now. <laughs> I have to leave. Uh, but seriously, I do have to leave. Pause one moment. No worries. We can talking. keep. We can keep going without them. I, I do want to say, like, I want to ask: Have you guys experienced uh, autonomous driving? Because I just had my first experience with it this week. Where I Did was you? In a, I was in a. Yeah, I was in a Tesla. And the guy put it into like the autopilot mode and I got to kind of watch it and I was on the highway and you know, he was telling me, he's like, I don't like the way that it approaches something sometimes. And like, I am very much like still there basically driving. And he's like, it would be great for like long trips and things like that. You can see like a lot of value there where you can kind of just be on a straight road for a while. Even then sometimes. Like an upgraded cruise control. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Even then, you never know, like, when an animal's going to come across the road and stuff like that. Because, like, as perfect as it can be, it will take the first crash, like, the first crash where somebody, like, nah, they're shit. But, like, but that's already happened. Like, yeah. there have been death. There, there have been deaths, and there's already been bad actors on, like, the roads who are, like, getting in the passenger sh- uh, seat and stuff. But I don't know. I, I saw this article, and I was excited that. It's being tried. Uh, I guess I am okay with the risk because I yeah. do want to get to that like all autonomous sure. future. Right. That like we're I hate because I hate driving. I Everyone hate. Everyone hates driving, dude. Yeah. Traffic is a fucking drain no, people, on like our, some our civilization. Some people like I have mates that love going for drives. I'm like, well, there's going for drives, and there's fucking like having to drive to a, a place oh, that I don't even need. like going for a drive. I just, like yeah. if, if 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 we could really fast forward to the future, click a button, teleport, done. That's what I want. I mean, yeah, we we all want to jaunt. That'd be fucking sick. <laughs> so, but back to what I was trying to say before was, is that imagine it was like, you know how uh, this is going to sound kind of like dumb, but you know how with Bitcoin, you, <clears throat> you give some of your computing power to create that Bitcoin, right? Now imagine all to in the future. It, yeah. Yeah. So imagine in the future you buy a car, right? You use it whenever you want to, but you, you're gone from, you're gone to work for like what, like eight hours a day. Right. So you click a button on your phone or on your car and then that car gets used in the pool of like the right. Ubers or whatever. And of then Ubers and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And then you make, I don't know, like four or five, eight, whatever, uh, however much of the gas is or whatever, plus a little bit more. Right. For that time using the automation. Yeah, I mean, that, that. that sounds it, it'll be one of those things where it, it'll it'll cause an effect where wealth will begin to snowball very fast for people in a in a spot where they can afford those kind of vehicles. Mm. Um, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but it, that's all I, I also see that happening. And I just think the more efficiency that we create in tr- like making people travel is just going to be a overall benefit, no matter who is actually like getting to use it, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah. So I want to throw that one out there. We have one more and I know that okay. Beast is all into the gaming. Oh, into yeah. the culture. Sir, I've never gamed gamer. once in my life. Yeah, Their whole shtick is that we are I was the gatekeepers of all gaming conversation. So now that you're here, I can have one with you guys. But this article comes from Eurogamer. It is about Capcom and a little bit of Monster Hunter, Ian, which is why I was excited to bring it to the table. And it reads, Monster Hunter World was such a massive hit for Capcom that it fueled the company's most profitable year ever. For the financial year ending in March 2018, Capcom saw operating income up 17.5% with net sales 
at 636 million euros, uh, which is pretty fucking big. And it mm-hmm. says Capcom said Monster Hunter World was a massive record-setting success. It shipped 7.9 copies, which makes it the best-selling game in Capcom's history. And I'm not sure if that's accurate, but I mean, they mean they mean fastest-selling in the shortest amount of time. That's I I read something oh, similar to this okay. earlier. Yeah, because yeah, so isn't like, Street Fighter Two like the undisputed champion of that stat for them? I'm pretty sure, yeah. Either that, like, or you have a ton of Capcom games that are super popular. Like you have like RE4. Yeah, like didn't that sell like a like a bunch of copies, right? Yeah. So. Dead or, or what is it? Dead Rising. That's a huge franchise for them. Yeah. Dead Rising One sold like like hotcakes when it first came out. Dude. Yeah. yeah honestly. Yeah, then everyone realized the text was about eight points big, and then that oh. franchise <laughs> died. Yeah. And then we grew. As game designers, we don't do that shit anymore. And that <laughs> stuff is now old. Are you kidding me? God of War has tiny ass baby text. It does text have too. tiny text, doesn't oh, it? Oh, it yeah. does. Especially because like I sit way away. Like I got a big TV, but we I get sit, it. sit away yeah, away thanks, from my dude. Oh, I've look. got an eighty inch TV. I gotta sit far away. <laughs> but anyway, I just thought it was kind of <laughs> crazy that I think maybe around like four or five years ago, the general feeling around Capcom was that they were not doing well because right. they did not prepare for the new generation of consoles uh, with a strategy that paid off for them. And mm-hmm. now they're at a place where they're, they're making a lot of money and they're, they're, they're strong again. Um, and I just wanted to see how that, that hit you guys. And it was on the back of monster hunter, which is, you know, a, yeah. a game that Ian you love. And that I realized visiting in Japan was like a fucking cultural mega force. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean like that game I put in over a hundred hours in, and the reason why is because it's just it is a pure gaming experience. Nato hates it because he hates all things that. Bring no, I'm just joy. saying like a hundred hours is like. <sighs> yeah, that is. For, <laughs> sorry peanuts, for me, dude. for me, that's a long time. Um, yeah. And yeah, like I think that the reason why that Monster Hunter is the game that kind of like brought so many people in and and sold so well is because actually it is like one of the few pure capcom games if that makes any sense like a lot of capcom games involve like oh yeah let's talk to disney on this project or like oh let's bring in this older franchise or oh let's do this that and the third but capcom uh, capcom monster hunter specifically is like its own almost isolated team out here in japan and like doesn't really need to answer to many people besides like their own internal development um Mm. so you what you end up getting is this really pure in my eyes gaming experience Yeah, like they, that's this is all that the, that team has been doing. They've been making the portable games for years. They've been designing these monsters for years. So like the workflow that they have and like the ideas that they have are, I think, uninhibited by a lot of the BS that came with you know MVC, the most MVCI, yeah, MVCI, right, and like all that sort of like high higher level management and like external forces kind of coming in and like messing with stuff. So. Yeah, yeah, that's fucking awesome. I hadn't considered that. Do you know how big that team is by chance, like, or anything about it, really? Uh, I don't know the number of people per team, but like, I know whenever they do the Monster Hunter streams and they give updates on the game's progression, they always mm-hmm. have, uh, I think, three or four like director, like one high tier managing director, and then like three like mid level directors underneath them. So Damn, like, it's okay. a huge team. Yeah. A lot Damn. of producers. Um, yeah, Alex, yeah. so Capcom is strong again. Uh, you're kind of, I feel like you usually have a, a, a sight of the larger picture of what's going on. How does that strike you? Um, I'm not a Monster Hunter guy. Uh, I tried, and I liked it. Yeah. It just, uh, I, I, some of it just rubbed me the wrong way. Um, but anyways, um, I think this kind of, I hope it gives them some confidence to 
to try like maybe even bring back some small. I, okay, th- what I'm what I'm getting at is I want Lost Planet uh, the next the sequel. <laughs> and so was, you were gonna go from they I want to see them invest in small projects <laughs> and you're gonna string that all the way to I want Lost Planet. Yeah, pretty back. much. So what I want from this, and I'm not honestly I'm not all that familiar with Capcom. Like I don't really play a ton of their games. Um, I played Marvel vs. Capcom growing up and, and Dead Rising and, 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 of course, others. But I hope – I feel like they've kind of been doing – they've had Street Fighter. They've had Monster Hunter. Um, Dead Rising – I guess Dead Rising put out a game. I feel like they've kind of been doing the same stuff, and I'd like to see them deviate. Maybe, you know, with a little more cushion in the wallet, maybe they would do something different. I don't know. You look like you're going right. to say something. Chase. Yeah. Oh no, I was just I just think it's funny how you want something new, but then you were gonna say Lost Listen, Planet. It's hilarious. I, okay, <laughs> I want Lost Planet and new things. I got you. No, I hear you, man. Like the fact that they do have a team that's as talented as the team that made this latest Monster Hunter um that you were kind of highlighting in does say like, well, yeah, they fucking can make a video games. So let's see yeah. if uh, they can spin out some of that talent and creative uh, direction and, and see if there is something else that people would get excited for because it was f- from Capcom, but they do yeah. have this history and this legacy that m- not only makes them a lot of money, but makes a lot of people happy to get new in- uh, installments in those games. So mm-hmm. anyway, that's, mm-hmm. I'm kind of torn though. Articles. Oh, wait. I'm kind of torn add, though. You want to add anything else? Well, no, like I, I actually kind of wanted your opinion about it. Right. Cause you come from the producer standpoint, right. Or from that, like sort of like you're in that world. Right. And like between all of the negative things that came out this year from Capcom or this year, past two years, whatever, with the handling of Street Fighter and the handling of MVCI, right? Like those are the, the big tentpole deals from Capcom. And <clears throat> this article says that Monster Hunter was this massive success, right? But then they, they kind of like gloss over the fact that like MVCI is not being talked about in the mainstream anymore. And like Street Fighter V, like whenever I see articles about it, it's like, hey guys, five reasons why Street Fighter V isn't as bad as you think it is. Like, right. I, I, I feel, and like, I feel like now, all, like as we're going into Evo in the next few months or whatever, I feel like all the hype is around DBC. It's not, yeah, a, around it's not around Street Fighter games, V. Yeah. yeah. Um, like, what are your thoughts? As a fighting game player, and connoisseur and someone who is also part of the production side like how do you see it in terms of like the macro lens of capcom moving forward with these two kind of like failures air quotes and then this like massive success in a completely different genre than like what capcom is known for i think it's smart to mention those failures and then uh to automatically look at this press release as covering up and trying to end those conversations. Like when that, when you are talking about them now, I'm like, oh, well, that makes sense. Like, yeah, let's get them talking about the success of Capcom this last year, get them talking about the success of Monster Hunter, and let's move yeah. on from uh, the stories that were MVCI and Street Fighter Five. And mm-hmm. like, it also does kind of tell that tale of the different faces of Capcom. They are like a fragmented company. It seems to me, I have no idea um, and, and like all of the speculation here is my own. It's not any, it doesn't reflect any sort of official word from uh, Sony. And this is 100% my opinions. And when I see parts of street fighter, I'm like, wow, this is a really shitty experience from like the, pr- like uh, the product as a game. I don't sure. like the menus. And when they up, when they updated to arcade edition, I was like, and they had the same main menu. I was like, that's, ridiculous and then you do see modders who very quickly online like optimize optimize the game and make it load faster and stuff like that so and that is all to say that i think it makes you remember that there are many faces to capcom and 
it doesn't just because they're making a new game doesn't mean you're going to get the Monster Hunter team or you're going to get you're going to get the the quality that it's, uh, frankly their latest release had and that's a good thing maybe this trend will change but it's it's kind of funny like when I think in my head of Capcom right I think of Mega Man I think of Street Fighter I think of MV, uh, Marvel versus Capcom and then I like once I got into Monster Hunter I, I thought of Monster Hunter right. And like the two, and like now the big titles that you associate with Capcom, right? Like Mega Man, like these past few Mega Man games haven't been like a big draw for people. They've kind of been like iffy. Um, and then the other games I said before with Street Fighter Five and MVCI, like those games were abject failures, right? But then the, these like B tier games of Capcom, like the Monster Hunters and like Resident Evil, were massive successes in the past two years. So like it's kind of interesting to see the like Cap God return, but like exactly. in a but Mother in a way that like land yeah but like but nobody expected it i think like in this way right everyone thinks yeah. oh street fighter 5 easy hit totally going to be easy for them mvci oh yeah you do these six things easy you're done especially in the in the coming years of like all these marvel movies coming out like you would think that that would be a super easy deal for them but like the successes that they're experiencing are completely with their b-tier games their other games yeah well that is all of the news items we have, Witty Banter is going to take a quick break, and then we will be right back. Beep boop, deep deep boop, bop up bop up, bop bop. If you want to keep up with the show after the microphones have turned off, be sure to follow us on social media by searching Witty Banter Show on Twitter and Instagram, and liking us on Facebook, facebook.com/slash Witty Banter Podcast. Want to steer the conversation or be a part of the show? Just go on down to wittybantershow.com and leave us a suggestion for a beer or a question for us to answer on the show. And if you like what we're doing and you want to support the cause, head on over to iTunes and leave a review. And feel free to share it with your friends. Let's get back to it. All right. So after halftime, we usually come back and we review drinks. But like I said at the top of the show, we, we don't have drinks with us. But then Alex changed all of that. He went and got something out of the fridge. Um, and he's drinking. Alex, can you explain? Can you tell us, let us all know what we're, what we're looking at right now? Yeah, I'm sitting here with um, straight from um, San Francisco Bay LaCroix, natural cran raspberry flavored sparkling water. Um, little brewery out of, out of SF, like I said. Um, right. They just they they specialize in sparkling water, um, and it's it's real crisp. I'm getting hints of of water and uh, cran raspberry on uh, the back I'm getting end. Hints of uh, water and uh, white privilege. Uh, I can definitely <laughs> taste that. Yeah. Uh, definitely. Listen, it's got a nice gentrified bubbling to it. I enjoy it. I got onto the liqueur train because, like everyone, I needed. Because it was so aromatic, right? You just right. It was like you know, like a good time you for. popped open a can. Exactly. It was like you you open it up and you just smell fresh. Like when you like, I just smell freshness. Um, and I it, what it really is, it's like the it's the bubbliness, it's the sparkling part of everything that I really like. And I have to have it ice cold. You, you and I. You and I bond over our love of scotch, and I think you were telling me that you were bonding with Alex over your love of Lacroix, right? Like that's how that relationship works out. Yeah. God no! Like <laughs> I haven't, I haven't actually seen it down here. Apparently, it it has okay. made its what? way down here, it, and you haven't even had it. No, I've had it when I was in America. Okay, I have been to oh, America man. a few times, Alex. Oh. You know, when I met you and when stuff. When I'm not watching my so eighty inch TV, I'm traveling the world. for you guys down there in Australia. Huh? <laughs> well, look, so so I'll tell you about my vintage. Mine is a four point five four three billion year aged uh, uh, <laughs> hydrogen oxide. Listen, 
NATO. It's delicious. NATO binge watches anime. He is not a person of class. <laughs> <laughs> No, That's I'm low, kidding. man. We I'm talk kidding. about anime on this show. No, I love anime. I'm kidding. Megalobox. Oh, I just watched it. Amazing. What Megalo, was the name of it again? It's Megalobox, was, not Megalobox. You were I said those kids that played with off-brand Mega, Legos. Megablox. It's my favorite video game. <laughs> Speaking of Mega, Megalobox, I went to an uh, art exhibit that was featuring all the art from the original manga and the new show. That was a Radical. fun time. That's awesome. How big yeah. were the, uh, the prints? Uh, like, it was an entire like hallway you walked through so like there was almost like entire walls were dedicated to showing like these individual panels and like concept art that's awesome show yeah it was pretty dope did they have any exoskeletons on display no Uh, they're called gears bro yeah yeah Yeah. jesus no just go back to your lacroix all right but in the middle of the middle of this art exhibit had like this fake city kind of like it was all like exposed brick and like there were like papers flying around and it was it was it was very interesting that's awesome. Yeah, I like how yeah. Japan always did like tons of pop up shops everywhere. But before we turn into a Megalobox reviewing episode, I do want to give a shout out to that anime because we we talked about it a few episodes ago about Good us really liking well. it, and the um, the new episodes that have come out are still dope. So I'm God. I'm happy more people are on the Megalobox train. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, sir. But yeah, so we're gonna roll into a segment, a segment that I've always enjoyed, and we're gonna have a little conversation, Peach. Oh, check it out. It's a conversation pitch. Alex, you you have a you have something you want to talk about tonight, man. Just lay it out. What's going on? Yeah, so I've been thinking lately. Um, I have a lot of hobbies, probably too many. I like to I like to write music. I like to to podcast. I like games. I like photography. I like graphic design, video. I have a lot of interests. And Nato's giving me funny looks. Um, <laughs> he's mocking me in the background. <laughs> And so I've kind of been thinking, like, I, I look around, I look at all these these people on the internet that I pass by virtually. I, I see their I see their retweets. I see, oh, who's that? Oh, it's some some artist who's building their brand on pixel art, you know? Right. I see it's like because we live in an age where like I feel like we're like trading in our ourselves for like personal brands. It's just like I'm not a person, I'm a brand online, you know? Uh-huh. I mean, uh, dude, that's how I think of my feed. I'm like, I just want people to look at my like my page and just think wow this guy's fucking curated a lot of cool images well yeah no and it's it's an extension of ourselves right and you know social media kind of like it's natural like you you're getting more followers you're like okay i'm doing this this is my thing and you you naturally develop a, a brand of sorts anyways i always see people specialize in you know one or two things and i i've just been thinking lately like is it possible, and I, and I know it's possible, but is it, for the normal person, is it possible to find success when you're, you're juggling, and I'm not calling myself one, but I think of like, like Renaissance men, you know, they, they had all yeah. of this knowledge, you know, they had several areas of interest and expertise. Is that, a, is that viable for like even just monetary success these days, or do you have to have a specialization? This is what I've been thinking about I think, lately. Yeah, who, yeah I think you to have to have away? a focus. I think you have to have a focus. At yeah. least when you first start, right? Like Kanye West, when he first, like this is a, a probably a poor example now in the current climate, but like Kanye West, Donald Glover, these famous 
like current artists in hip hop, right? They were known to do one thing beforehand that they were specialized in. Kanye was was well known for creating beats. Yeah. And then from creating beats, he rapped over his own beats. And then after he rapped over his own beats, then he started to like make a whole like uh, like fashion. CDs. And then from oh, yeah. CDs and then to fashion. And then from fashion to like these crazy shows that he like designs the clothes for and everything. So I think that it's just a natural progression that you need to go down because mm-hmm. there are people with like millions of followers, right? That like they probably started off as one thing and people are, uh, are people in their sphere know them for that one thing, but you can kind of naturally branch off after you are well enough known and can prove your skill. Yeah. In, build, build in, the, in the build your foundation in something. And then from there you can build whatever crazy habitat or house or amusement park or anything you want to build on that foundation. But as long as you have that solid foundation, it's so much easier. Cause I, I, yeah, I see the same thing. I watch people that try to, from the start out of the gate, try to do a million things and yet they get some success with the little things and all that, but you see the more people that like built that one brand at the start and then from there, then they've jumped off sure. to go like even like streamers, like they've got popular somewhere else and then they've come to streaming and then they've they brought that audience to streaming and then they've built from streaming. Chase, Where, what do like you think? a lot of uh, Oh, sorry. I didn't mean well, to cut you off, Nate. I thought you were done. No, I was just going to say, rather than the people that are just trying to start as like a streamer, YouTuber, podcaster, blah, blah, everything. and all these things, sure. everything from the start. Yeah. So when I think that when you, when you talk about, when you talk about it in the sense of how do I want to get better, maybe at a specific hobby or at my hobbies, then focusing on one thing like Ian and Nate are talking about makes sense to me. Like if I want to be a better photographer, then be a photographer. Yeah. Right? Like take a p- bunch of fucking pictures and live that shit. And a lot of the time picking up a bunch of hobbies is really you not knowing what your focus is yet and figuring out what it's going to be. Um, and I do think that specialization is important because you will build skills that will branch out, especially right. when it comes to like artistic pursuits. Like if you understand like shape, line, shadow, composition, and then you start drawing these things and like it all bleeds into each other, right? But to your like uh, other questions, when you're talking about can you be a renaissance man, what like what do you think it means to be a renaissance man now? Because I know that like I know the term first came to be during the renaissance in Italy and there was like a return to studying the humanities. Yeah. And the humanities is all about like having a a broad knowledge in several subjects like mathematics and philosophy right. and economics and all that shit. And that's where the term comes from. So like, mm-hmm. what do you think? Cause then you ask if we, you can make money in a Renaissance man. I think yes, but I want to figure out how I'm going to get there to talking like to, to explaining that, you know? Sure. Um, and I, I haven't really given this much thought, you know, um, outside of this past week, but I think when I, when I think Renaissance man, I, I really think it could be artistic. It could be like you said, like the more classical, like, okay, this person's just a really smart dude. He's like, he's got biology. He's got physics. He's just like this genius. That's kind of what I think of. And it's not, I don't think it's necessarily like a a genius that's natural. I think it's just like these people that are incredibly interested in just knowledge and and getting experience in different things. I don't know. But do you, but do you think that's it? Like, do you think they're saying to themselves, like, I like to gain knowledge or do you think? No, no, I think it's like a, I think it's like, a fascination. 
Exactly. Like, wow, Formula One's fucking cool. I'm going to get into that. Oh, yeah. shit, I really like uh, craft cocktails. I'll try this out. And they just keep spinning and spinning. I, I do, yeah, that's that's how I view it. And I don't think you need to be a genius to be a Renaissance man. I really do think that, like, a lot of people fall into being one because it's a type of, like, personality almost. And mm-hmm. to get into, like, the career side of things, like, I very much think the reason why I succeed in the role that I am in is because that is how I am. Like, mm-hmm. when I was... Uh, first, I, when I was an intern uh, at a, the very first video game developer that I worked at, I said to myself, like, well, I'm not an artist, can't make art. I'm not a coder. I can't code, you know, make any systems, anything like that. And that's kind of all I really knew about. And then I found out what production was. And it was about being this like multi, multidisciplinary uh, role that had like a hand in kind of everything, but just enough to understand what it was and move forward with it. And like you want to talk about executive pro- producers on any project that's like a movie or something like that. Like those, that's the highest version of those skill sets is like, mm-hmm. I can make decisions that have massive implications. And these decisions always end up being the right one or the right ones. And it's because I have the judgment necessary in so many different situations to like fucking know what that conclusion is. Right. Mm-hmm. And that to me is a renaissance mind like yeah i don't do know do you mean like succeeding do you mean like f- like do you, are you how many followers you're getting or how much recognition you're getting or like because often when i think we are referring to renaissance men we don't say oh yeah my dad he's a renaissance he man. he knows about cars followers. beer and whatever like when you think of renaissance men you think of like the people that are in the public eye like i'm the first two people i think donald glover for me were well yeah we're donald glover and kanye west or whatever um but yeah i, I think that you can be a renaissance man without being these hyper successful people. But I think that the way that it's being framed in our current society, being a renaissance man means being wildly successful in multiple disciplines. Right. Yeah. Cause we see, yeah, we see these wildly successful right. renaissance men. Let's take money out of the equation. Yeah. Can you make an okay. impact or can you make people care? Yes. For what sure. do you mean? Just because, like, that's kind of where nearly also why it's a renaissance men back in the day. Like, they were helping bringing society out of the dark ages. Like, they were helping with mathematics or sciences or arts, and they helped push society forward. That we're like, we, we, we gave the examples of the money makers and all that, but you can be like the scientists or the mathematicians in these ages that are pushing like cancer research forward but then also like he goes and does other things and stuff like that like renaissance man doesn't mean just the money making it means like help pushing society forward out of its current age into a better age and stuff like that and helping to like you can't you don't have to be the 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 one scientist that discovered that thing because that's not what all those renaissance men it's just those people that were helping push society like they had the knowledge of maths they helped bring more maths and sciences and arts and fashion and stuff to the to the masses mm-hmm. okay wait no ready i get it i got it so the i kept on like ruminating on what you were saying before the artist we were referencing again i was we were both referencing kanye and donald glover right so i think that the renaissance man or the renaissance person is a natural progression after you have succeeded to to your liking in your current field right so like if you are a graphic artist and you make a comic a very successful comic in your eyes right successful to is different for everybody so yeah. let's say it sells like 10 copies and that's successful for you mm-hmm. and you're like wow i want to move to the i want to move to the next level i want to start painting more realistic portraiture and then you move on you know what i mean that's kind of what i think 
a renaissance person is. It's someone who has succeeded in one field to their liking and then moves on to another field using the skills that they learned in the past one. And then they and look then back and realize of they've done all this stuff. Yeah. Like, like for example, another th- person I was thinking of was Jordan Peele, right? Like, mm-hmm. that guy, he started off, I think, on Mad TV so or something. So fucking talented. Yeah. yeah, right? So, but back to what I was saying before was is that he started off on Mad TV, like a kind of, like, two-bit SNL, in my opinion, right? And then from there, doing, going, getting his own show. Then from there, going, getting his own show with um, Key, uh, Keegan-Michael Key, I think is his full name. Um, and then from there, getting their own movie with The Cat or whatever the fucking movie was called. I, I forget what it was called. I saw that. Um, Keanu. Yeah, Keanu, yeah. The movie was hilarious, then, dude. Yeah. So then, again, so this guy mastered pretty much almost every discipline in comedy, right? Like, he was a small bit comedy actor. Then he got his own show. Then he did a comedy movie. And then he moved on from there to write Get Out, right? So he mastered his writing skills and directing skills on these smaller stages and then was able to bring that talent to the big stage. And now he's writing another horror slash thriller movie, right? So yeah. I think that – and I would consider him to be a renaissance man. Sure, but, but I, I don't want people yeah. to get discouraged that the best examples are these super successful, very smart people. And, and I don't want to like, I don't want to sequester the word Renaissance man to only those examples because I do think that it it's a matter of scale kind of in the same way that NATO was saying, define your own success, right? And But I do want to mention that I do think having a aptitude towards being a renaissance sort of per, uh, minded person. And I guess at this point, I'm just trying to maybe defend it a little bit more because um, there is such a heavy emphasis I hear being put on like STEM careers and specialization and things like that. And I yeah. do want to argue for, especially as we come into a technological age, like it is times in, in civilization when we are coming up on like new technological dawns that, I think reason and philosophy is really important. Um, and what, so, and that's all just to, to burrow in on the fact that I was just going to mention it connects your brain at like a deeper level when you have more knowledge because you build these pathways between like memory and things that you know in such a way that you can just recall things. It makes you a smarter person, I think, to have or it can lead to uh, you becoming a smarter person. Yeah. If you do like create this tapestry of knowledge throughout your mind, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, but that, yeah, man. that was kind of the, the, the topic for today. You know, that was a good one. I appreciate that. man. Yeah. Hey, do you feel, do you feel like you would still have this conversation without social media or do you think you would be more confident than, you? cause I think personally you are a Renaissance man. Alex, this is the You're point very, of the whole conversation. I just wanted to hear. You were words. waiting until <laughs> someone <laughs> said somebody <laughs> you're a Renaissance man. Yeah. No, and you're I, so humble what, too. Oh yeah, I know uh, I'm so humble. Uh, <laughs> what what was your question? Is would this be a thing in my mind if social media didn't exist? Yeah, because like this is it's, like kind of connected the, to my own life. Like, is I'm I've been off Twitter and Facebook for this past week, and I feel like and I'm already bragging current, about it on a podcast. <laughs> no, I'm saying that it's good. I'm saying that it feels good I'm to get out of away from that. Like, this yeah, is like some sure. sort of like like it's. I feels like sometimes like digital schizophrenia, where like there's like a hundred thousand voices telling you this, that, and the third. Like, oh yeah, like you'll never be good at this thing, or this person's so successful, or this person gets a like like I don't know. Like for example, blessing makes a funny meme, and it gets like. 
crazy viral and you're like, yo, that's not even that funny. What the fuck? That joke about Adam Sandler and Thanos that I made last week was hilarious. <laughs> Where's my fame? I want the bigger numbers. <laughs> yeah, right? And like, even if you don't like consciously think about it, right? I like, do, when other I know exactly speak- what you're fucking talking about. I, yeah. I totally uh, empathize with what you're saying. It's a digital renaissance, nearly, in a, in a way. Because like, the renaissance wouldn't kind of have happened if the Dark Ages wouldn't happen. Like, it's bringing the society into a new era where like, now we have these things like... We had actors and presenters and all that, but now we have personalities where we have like your, you, it's like that's lifestyles the new thing. too, like a yeah, lot of like lifestyle pe- adding. Yeah, people like find it hard to describe what they are on the internet now because like I'm I'm a internet personality, and that's nearly the new renaissance in this social media digital era because like they make money, people know who they are, and they they do focus in multiple kind of areas and all that, these internet personalities. And they're, they're not as famous as these actors and singers and stuff like that. Because some of them don't even, aren't even known outside their bubbles on the internet. They are. But in those bubbles, they are these huge renaissance men that do Gods. comedy and talk about video games and then talk about bloody news and They have all the stuff. best opinions about all the pop culture and the latest <laughs> spoilers. They've got it all. Exactly. But that, that's that's also like why we have this discussion because we are changing and it's not the same kind of change from the Dark Ages to the Renaissance, but it's now where like people do have these platforms on these social medias now that they do have to present nearly a Renaissance man kind of scenario where it's like, I do this podcast and do this personality thing and I do this kind of thing and Something like that. So that's also kind of why we do have these kind of conversations now. Because we are flicking into this new era where people do have internet personalities and presentions and stuff like that. LinkedIn and hmm. Twitter and all these kind of things. I, don't know. Sure. I would argue that it's that sometimes it can be it can be a huge negative for some people, me included. When oh, you're yeah, constantly I, I, being I, compared to to everybody else. Even like even if you're not purposely doing it, right? Right. Like and I think that that's that can definitely be a trap that a lot of people get get I caught into, say, right? I like, really do. The same oh, go comparison. Ahead. Yeah, same comparison. Like you could go back to that Renaissance time. That poor farmer that's out there this whole time digging farms and getting food to the people, while this Renaissance man is like, "Oh, I teach art, and oh, right. I see this beautiful painting and stuff like that." They, it's the same kind of scenario where like. That person on the internet does a lot more and has a billion more followers, but, like, you've been slugging it away at your job. Like, I don't know, yeah. whatever job. Like, you're a dentist. You're an amazing dentist. And this dentist. motherfucker's playing video games every exactly. day. Exactly. Yeah. So, like, it's sure. nearly the same kind of scenario. I yeah. think... It's just a different age. I think... Um, so, what I'm about to say is incredibly pretentious, just FYI. And I'm fully Yo, you aware. You were in the house that pretentious built, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm at home. Um... So I think my personality. Yeah, I'm trying to be so not pretentious, but it's impossible. This might be. We're not judging at all. I'm just diving in full pretension. Yeah, I'm a creator, right? Mm. And I've I've I'm wired that way. I've been like that since I was a kid. I've always expressed myself creatively, or I can't talk creatively. You know, whether it was I wanted to be an architect as a kid, and then I took like you know classes from artists one, and then one I math course and you were like fuck that <laughs> <laughs> then i then i like picked up the guitar like when i was like in in early high school and i've always had like this thread of like creativity or whatever and i'm gonna answer your question Ian, about the social media I, I think that i have 
an innate desire to create and I create because I want uh, to express myself and I want to express myself because I want a reaction. Um, mm-hmm. you, and, there has to be, there has to be an audience for your work to be complete period. Yeah. yeah. And social media just heightens that. Like, cause you, I, does that make any sense? Like, I don't, I don't absolutely, know. Absolutely. I, I completely understand what you mean. I think what Chase was going to say, if, if I'm recalling any of the conversations that we've had together is that Chase, I think Chase is going to say that the art is not complete until it's, it's been critiqued. Right. Is that what you're going to go down that rabbit hole, Chase? No, I mean, I just think you need an audience. <laughs> I, I think, you know, the, uh, the philosophy beti- between the relationship between the artist and his, and, and their audience is one that can go in fucking a multitude of directions, but I, art needs to be experienced for the, the loop to be complete, you know? Yeah. But um, to take it from the psychological standpoint, right. Is I think that you get into, you get into this negative feedback loop. I think when you post something, right. And you work really hard on it. And I mean, if you're an artist or anything like that on Twitter, like, Oh man, I worked on this for like 20 hours. I can't wait for people to love it. And then you put it out and then it's like two likes. That's like a huge meme. Right. And then like you work sure. on something for four minutes and you like do a sketch or whatever. And someone's like, Oh my God, it's the best sketch ever. A thousand likes or whatever. And it becomes this thing where you're like, well, like, why do I even bother working so hard on this other thing when like the like lowest common denominator always seems to win out. Right. And I think that you can sometimes get into these negative feedback loops when, when you are directly creating for somebody else. But then again, what Chase said is right, is that art isn't really complete unless it has an audience. But I don't know. I, I, I'm just worried about you specifically because I don't want you to get into the trap of like, oh man, I'm doing it for other people. Because I know you're a really Who, big me? creative. And I, well, let me... Yeah. Well, I'm let, saying me me and you and like everyone else on social media. Let me let me go ahead and, and kind of close the, uh, the conversation up here and kind of give my, my final word on it. Like one... I think we are at a point now where, where the general consensus and now the data that can back it up is social media in the way that we use it at this point is bad for our mental health and yeah. for all of these reasons that we're talking about. And I do think that it is a technology and a tool that is valuable. We just have to figure out how to use it. Um, and so that that's like a whole other subject entirely is just sort of social media. And I, I like that it got sort of threaded in here. I also, Alex, just wanted to point out that like there is another side of social media where I think it forces this really weird fake humility where I think yeah. it is it yeah. sucks that you have to feel awkward for saying my personality, I am a creator. Like the fact that you to make like declarative statements about your self-esteem is something that's like hard to do because it's going out to the public, I think is another sign of the negativity of what it does. But anyway, wow, Alex, yeah. you came you came with a juicy fucking conversation peach and witty banter is all about that. And yeah. a, a very that Georgia conversation peach. Yeah. There it is. Uh, it's time to, to end the show, which honestly makes me a little bummed out. This has been a really fun episode for me and I think a really special one and one that'll stand out in our catalog for a while. I once again want to say that I appreciate you all coming on in such short notice. NATO, this is the first time that you've been on Witty Banter and you had me on A Plus Anime to talk about Akira and that was a huge amount of fun and I felt really thankful that you brought me on for that episode. So I'm happy that you could finally come on to our show, man. Yeah. yeah. It was good. I want um, I, I like to come and banter. That's that's the Aussie way. Is but like that that was one of the what re, like uh, one of the Alex episodes I think was the mm-hmm. start point when I started listening. And then as soon as I saw it was like witty banter, I was like, that is Australian as fuck. I am listening to this <laughs> podcast. So well, I that's 
That's awesome. Ian, thank you for being on. Alex, thank you for being on. I'm yeah. going to start with all the uh, outro shit. And you know what? If, uh, if the OK Beast crew wants to go out there and spread the good word of this episode, you know we're always, we're oh, always welcoming, welcoming we uh, new listeners. And if you want to find us, wittybantershow.com. Uh, you can get all of our. You can download the episodes there. We're on iTunes and we're on Google Play. Just search Witty Banter. Hit download or hit subscribe, and all of our episodes will show up in your download queue for free. Follow us on Twitter. We're at Witty Banter Show. And oh my God, I actually have a cast of people to give uh, Twitter handles over. It's at it's Van Aken for Alex, right? Yep. At I know NATO for NATO, yeah. and then at fuck. Oh I don't God, know I'm not yet. Twitter popular anymore. <laughs> Ian's I don't know. Why not? Ian, Ian why, why not? not? That's right. You guys all have That's good Twitter weird. handles. Um, and you know what? If you want to hear from from Hunter and Max, still, I don't know why you would. Just follow <laughs> at probably Max on Twitter for Max, and then go to Hunter's YouTube channel, Crypto Diesel. For uh, I'm sure you can guess what. We will see you next time, everybody. Good night. Bye. Bye.